I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. The one that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcast is supported by Twin Motion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery, client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey, everyone. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Jason, over the last week, things have just really changed in the world as far as um, I believe we're entering a new era in society and specifically for us uh, in the building industry. So throughout history, our our buildings have kind of gone through phases and eras where the building design and construction has dramatically evolved based on certain things that happened during that time period. So originally all of our buildings, homes were built based on local materials and and that's kind of how buildings look where does the pink stucco come into play out here in Southern california <laughs> uh not quite sure where that came from <laughs> okay and then as we uh as we move forward you know the industrial revolution and uh advancements in technology of the introduction of the elevator and all these things dramatically changed home uh buildings Buildings got bigger or taller or more glass, all these different things. Then we had sustainability come in once we realized, you know, we were having issues with uh, our energy consumption. So sustainability started to change the way that we design and build. Now 
we're in entering if you didn't hear it in the news the space age and over i think it was last week there was the first approved uh flight of a flying car wow okay and then you know there's been conversation of this has been kind of ongoing i don't think it's active yet but the delivery drones from amazon and and I've such heard about that yeah so now we're entering this period, I think, where our buildings are going to have to start to adapt to having flying cars in the sky and drones coming to drop things off. Um, Sounds like a nightmare. The space travel thing, I don't think, directly impacts uh, our buildings necessarily, but maybe it does. Who knows? Because um, that happened this weekend too, right? Yeah. So Richard Branson and uh, what is it, Virgin Galactic, they yeah. had their first technically commercial flight of non astronauts flying into technical space, as to the edge of space. And now they're offering up a sweepstakes for some new passengers to to take that flight as well. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be the first one to do that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think I would, I think I would hang off to be like the thousandth or something like that. Yeah, definitely hit the pause on that thing. Yeah. So I was kind of looking around and, and just remembering some of the things that I've heard about how our buildings are going to change. And I wanted to get, well, first, what are your initial thoughts? Do you think our buildings will change based, uh, based on that? I think they're going to have to, right? Because even if you look at the fact that everybody's in cars and whatnot now, like how many parking spots you have to have, whether that's going to be a podium build at that point because of that, I think that's a natural evolution, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think it definitely has to change. I mean, if you got flying cars, I guess if they land, you'd have to have area for them to be able to land, depending on how they take off and land, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to have to have clear space. It's almost like an ADA circle. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it's like, where do you create space for that? For, for the first part and then two like i mean i guess it depends when they come out and what it really looks like like how loud are they you know you don't want people taking you know you've got sound ordinances for airplanes and whatnot it's like how loud are these cars going to be how much space do they need to land and take off how big are they i mean they're going to be huge right in comparison to a car so think about that yeah like if you think about the amount of density space you need for a car i don't know what the code is but when they tell you how many you know parking spaces you need per for for the density of the building, like how does that work with a flying car, especially in dense areas? And I I would assume there's structural impacts as well. Like if it's landing on top of the building, the force Launch of that, fat, right? Yeah. yeah. So that has to be considered as well. Totally. I mean, it's there's a lot of things that are open, you know, up in, up in the air in that question, for sure. Yeah. So I want to go through some things that I've seen on online and things that I'm thinking of. Uh, and I wanted to get your opinion, yes or no, if you think this is likely or not likely. Far away. So first thing, uh, start easy, drone pads. Do you think that will be... Likely. Okay. It's going to have to be. I mean, think of all those things buzzing around up there, right? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be so annoying. You know how loud those things are. They're loud, yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's like a, just a swarm of bees. Con that sound, just constant I buzzing. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And every time I see one, I want to shoot it down because like a couple <laughs> will fly them in our neighborhood, and I've got half the 
half the inclination to grab my shotgun and just start blowing the things up, man. <laughs> but could you imagine how many people are like paranoid when you got that many of those things flying around later? Oh God. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next one is I've seen this proposed like a sky park. So it's sort of a bridge between buildings or maybe one big building has two um, tall towers and there's a bridge between where it's, you know, landscaped and super wide where people hang out and that's like a activated space. Do you think that's okay. likely or not likely? For like drone parking? No, no, no. Just uh, sky parks. So the thought is that if we're if we're flying cars around, we're going to have to activate uh, the space above as well. I'm having troubles picturing that one. So a lot of the activity will move up. Right. People activity. So could a sky park be likely or not likely? I'd have to go with likely at that point then, right? I mean, if you have access to that area now, it would only make sense that you're going to use it. Yeah. It's got to be. I just, you know, I'm, I'm having troubles actually picturing it, what that would look like to be fair. But yeah, just imagine a, a bridge uh you know whatever 40 foot wide bridge maybe yeah 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 um you've seen those like wildlife overpasses over freeways yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i was picturing yeah so were they kind of like yeah yeah okay i think that's totally likely okay expensive but likely (laughs) (laughs) uh okay now what about a sky deck like i was just mentioning now that you come in above we're gonna have to change the way a lot of the buildings work so there's no more storing all of your or maybe there's a way you still do it in maybe a low a level below but the roof of the building is now designed for arrival like the entry is not just at yeah. the ground floor anymore it's the top yeah. it's like a valet but at the top kind of like where the helicopters land now yeah, yeah. yeah so it's you know well designed it's um totally feasible yeah We're going to take a quick break to share a little bit more about our sponsors. What if you could visualize your building in a couple of clicks, remove months from the design process, or create a bridge between stakeholders to solve problems before they even come up? Our friends at Twinmotion offer simple, real-time visualization for architects. Their technology lets you view and edit your scene on the go in the same pixel-perfect quality as the final rendering. Twinmotion seamlessly integrates with other tools like SketchUp and Revit, transforming your BIM or CAD models into high-quality images, panoramas, VR videos, or presentations. Sound complicated? Well, what if I told you that Twinmotion enables anyone to present the biggest ideas in the easiest way possible regardless of previous CG experience. To download your exclusive free trial, head to twinmotion.link spaces. That's twinmotion.link spaces. So I was looking at one building that's already in Miami and the developer is looking at redesigning the, uh, their roof deck, which currently has like some pools on it. And that's pretty much it. It's just a roof deck with the pools and that activated sure. space. Some so of the hotels have that. Yeah. So it's a two-tiered roof deck for this building. And the top floor that has the pool and then the 
a lower tier that wraps around that top floor that has yeah. another smaller pool and just some other amenities. Um, so they're looking at converting that very top floor into this landing deck, basically a rival point for these flying cars. Right. Um, and the developer is suggesting, you know, in, in this industry, you have to plan for 15 to 20 years out. Cause one, it takes a long time to do things, but sure. you have to be aware of what's coming up and start planning for it. Right. So what they're going to do, I'll read for you from this article to paint that picture. It says a hydraulic lift raises the floor of the pool above as water drains down the edges below, exposing the deck of the skyport. You disembark amid striking panoramic views of Miami, step into a glass elevator, and get whooshed to your luxury condominium overlooking turquoise water. That all sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I know technologically we're going to be able to do most of these things, but part of me at the same point is like, man, there's a lot to go wrong there. <laughs> I just... You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so many moving. I can't be parts. the only one that would feel that way. Yeah, I mean, and then you had that. Like, wasn't there like a condo or something that collapsed that had a pool that you know in the past weekend or something like that? Obviously, the engineering wasn't very good. Yeah, the calculations were off, but you know, I don't know. Water's heavy, and now we're talking about you know, I don't know. Obviously, there's ways to do it, but it's going to get really expensive too. Like that's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, that um, the collapse was a few weeks ago, I think. Okay. And then in one of the earlier episodes this season, I was talking with uh, a director of sustainability, and he talked about how Miami is having these record floods, like several yep. days of water, and that yep. is you know damaging the soil there, uh, which probably I haven't heard official, but that may have been a played a role in the collapse potentially, but. You know that sort of issue is going to be a concern as well. Is like totally does water coming in and you know making this soil weak add a, a another component to consideration? Um, totally. If you have these flying cars come in and put all of this wind pressure on a building, you have to make sure that it's designed and able to handle that, considering any changes in soil condition. Um, so, so it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how this evolves over time. Uh, it's going to change a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Like for sure. Oh, the last, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you on the, the sky park thing that Mm -hmm. not opposite, but another option to that is, do you think potentially moving things up, like having a sky park, having less cars on the road, potentially, would activate the streets more and a lot more of these parking garages and parking lots go away and we have more urban parks and, and green space around. Do you think that's possible? I mean, I think that's possible, but that's like years and years and years down the road, right? Because you mm-hmm. got to look at it right now. Like look at electric cars, mm-hmm. right? Not everybody owns electric cars still, even though it's like the new hot thing. And, and I'd say new hot as in like the last 10 years, right? Yeah. So that that being the case, you're going to have a lot of work and a lot of time that has to go between people getting rid of vehicles and moving to let, you know, not completely rid, but enough people to where they go to the new air ones to where you're going to see that congestion lessen. Yeah. Right. It's going to take like a considerable amount of years. So at that point, yeah, I think it is. But then I think you start getting into air pollution, 
noise pollution, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's going to bring on a whole host of other things to consider at that point. And you're, you're not going to look up and see clear skies anymore. Like that's one thing to consider, right? <laughs> it's going to be a jump, bunch of junk in the sky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's going to be all these things whizzing around you. You know what I mean? Like, um, we're, my son was watching, you know, I introduced my son to the matrix this weekend. Right. And oh, it's just first time because first time. Yeah. I mean, it only, he only caught little parts of it. Like we got to, I wanted to say like, you want to watch it, watch it. Cause he's starting to get into some you know pretty heavy action movies. And, um, but anyway, so you had all these machines flying around, right? Yeah. And that's what comes to mind in my mind when we're saying that obviously not as crude, they'll be cooler looking or whatever, but it's like, it's just a maze of stuff overhead. Right. Or what was the other one? Did you see fifth element? Long time ago. Okay. Long time ago. I'd have to refresh myself on that one. I mean, who doesn't love Bruce Willis, right? <laughs> That's the one that comes to mind where the cars are like at several levels flying uh, all over the place. And uh, and I, I didn't really think about it, but the, building, the buildings in that movie are insanely tall. And then the at the ground level, it's all covered in like blackness. That's kind of what I envision the future almost being yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to throw at you that I saw was that flying cars will turbocharge urban sprawl and weaken social cohesion. So this is sort of going against what we talked about, about our buildings joining, (laughs) um, uniting people. Do you think Um, this is a possibility? I think it depends, right? So if you look at right now, if you're able to jump in a a little private car right now in today's time, you could get anywhere you want pretty quick, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think that would help a lot with the cohesion. But then again, at the same point, if all of a sudden everybody's flying these things and everybody's got these things, are you really just looking at, you know, used airspace now in comparison to where it becomes rush hour up in the sky? Yeah. So you you may really just be trading. <clears throat> I mean, maybe you can split it. Maybe you're splitting, you know, travel between ground and air now. So ultimately it opens up both, right? It's, it's like at half or 60% of what it used to be. Um, so maybe it helps you get to places faster. So at that point, then you wouldn't be afraid to drive the, you know, into LA to go see mom or whatever, you know, from where we're at, it's not going to take you an hour and 15. It's going to take you 30. You know what I mean? Like it does when there's no traffic. Mm -hmm. So I think you'd be more, I think people would be more apt to do so at that point. But I really, I really think we're trading one thing for the next, you know, it sounds cool. Like if you can afford the flying car right now, by the way, think of the insurance that's going to come with that, but you know, (laughs) right. But, um, but if you could afford the flying car right now and you go, you, you know, you can go anywhere you want because there's nobody in that space. Yeah. But later on, like I said, I think you're probably trading one thing for the next. It's the history of evolution. Everybody's got a cell phone now. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody has a cell phone now and, it, and 20 years ago, I don't know, is that fair? 20 years ago in the early in 2000, With it was, it was still phone. pretty, yeah, it was still pretty yeah. like exclusive to a certain degree right everybody had the nokia with the changeable face plates yeah <laughs> so i i think when you look at it from that perspective you know it, it'll be a really cool thing from the beginning but then i think ultimately at the end it'll just be it'll just be swapping one thing for the next yeah i, I don't so i'm kind of split on this one um i think it will turbocharge sprawl for sure because you um you can travel much faster for a a period of time until you know more people are available and with population growth um i think we'll probably catch up and still have the same issue when this is affordable for a lot more people but right. um 
but I disagree that it will weaken societal or social cohesion because, you know, with the suburbs now that we have and have had for some time, there's still communities that occur within these pods. And I think you do sure. still end up with tight knit communities. Now the the twist there is that people that can afford the flying car and will uh, be able to travel to those far out communities are likely to be affluent. So those communities will be very, um, a, a singular class. I think that yeah. will happen for sure. That's that makes sense. I agree. So that's something to consider. But it's it's going to be so interesting to see how this this evolves over time. It's it's not going to be immediate. That's for sure. Um, no, we're probably you know, even though these things will start to show up, they predict within this decade, it won't be you know mass adoption for probably 50 years or so where it's really changing the design of buildings, but fun to think about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everything evolves. Yeah. Just what's the next thing. Yep. Okay. So let us know your thoughts. Love to hear from you, what you think the the future will look like as, uh, as things evolve. And you can do that, uh, by emailing us at hello at spacespodcast.com or message us on any of our social media platforms love to hear your thoughts thank you so much for joining us today uh thank you jason for hanging out always yep we will talk again on thursday thanks thank you to twin motion for their support of this podcast episode don't forget to visit twinmotion.link spaces today and try twin motion for free Thanks again for listening. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. 
from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.